Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, this is the Queen of Extreme, Francine, and you are listening to Eyes Up Here on the iHeartRadio Network or wherever you get your podcast. As always, my co-host Chad is right by my side. Chad, how you doing today, buddy? The Chadster is uh, doing just fine. A little tired, but uh, I'm here and I'm ready to get going. You still uh, hungover from last week's big New Year's Eve party? Uh, just a tad. But uh, the sunglasses are, are fully cocked on the top of my head, which means it's eyes up here time. They should be on your face. Cover the tiredness. I wouldn't know which button to press if I put them all the way down. <laughs> it's kind so. of dark in the room, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So what's going on? How's uh, 2024 treating you so far? So far, so good. Can't mm-hmm. complain. 2024 was waiting for that calendar to change. Yeah. And I uh, can't complain so far. I was hyping myself up this morning. I was like doing a self-motivation thing. I'm like, you know, this was all in my brain, not out loud. So don't think I'm a weirdo. But I was like sitting there and I'm just like, I think this is going to be my year. I think I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to make a ton of money. I'm going to get to travel. I'm going to get to do stuff with the kids and the husband. And and it's just going to be a really good year. Because last year wasn't so good. Last year was a lot of stress, and my goal for this year is to just be as stress-free as I possibly can and to just live life to the fullest and have a good time. Because, you know, I'm going to be 52 next month. Like, half my life is over. (laughs) (laughs) The glass is half empty. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I just made it a point to tell myself, hey, we're, we're just going to work our ass off and, and have a good time. And that's, that's what I'm doing. That's my uh, that's my goal for 2024. See, I like to think that the glass is half full. You you do. And I'm more of a pessimist. Where you're, my, uh, you're the yin to my yang. <laughs> you're the optimist. I'm the pessimist. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny because I, I really needed, personally needed that calendar to change. So I hate people that say, oh, it's just, you know, it's it doesn't mean anything. And uh, it's just another day. And, oh, you know, New Year's Day was just Monday. It Kevin doesn't Nash mean anything. Said that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw Kevin's uh, tweet. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking new year, new me. Yes. I yeah. I, I reset. I, I completely use it as a reset. I, I think that it's if you have something that is not really like going your way or is not favorable and you need something that's a little bit of a push in the right direction, use a new year as that hump. Use it as that push. And I am one of those people that will absolutely take a, a goal, set it. And I use 2024 as 
that launching pad is, you know what? I set some goals and that, that first day of the year was the, uh, the beginning of a new. I like to hear that. Yeah. I I'm, I'm going to be more positive this year. So when I'm not positive, you kick me in my ass and you say, listen, lady, <laughs> you said you were going to be positive and not negative. That's, that's what I want to be. So I'll try. Yeah. So let's do that. But uh, today we have a, a, another follow-up <laughs> to a show. What did we do it about a month ago? Three weeks we did, ago? Yeah, we did uh, November 28th. Uh, wow. Okay. So it's been a month. We're going to do um, the second part because we, we had a lot of people respond and I wanted to finish it up. So uh, we're going to do the second part to ask me almost anything. And again, the almost is in there because uh, you should see what some people have asked me in the past. <laughs> it's not very nice. It's not very good uh, sometimes, but some people are respectful. And those are the questions that we're going to conquer. So we're gonna uh, whenever you're yeah. ready, yeah, whenever you're ready, uh, you can uh, start shooting them at me and I'll answer them the best I can. Sure. Yeah. And actually what was great about it too, is not only did we get the Twitter submissions from the first uh, initial push, but under the, uh, the postings of the YouTube preview for the episode, we got more. So there are some fresh questions as well as the ones that were originally submitted. So uh, thank you to everybody that uh, contributed to the, uh, to the pile, if you will. So uh, I'm going to grab one out of here uh, and let's see what we got. Uh, this one is from at, Samo Rosco 2002. What are some of your favorite movies and TV shows? Wow. Uh, well, again, I think we, we might have answered this before. My favorite movie of all time is 1968 Romeo and Juliet. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I tend to like comedies because, uh, you know, I like to laugh. Um, romance, I like. I like some uh, romantic movies as well, but comedies are my favorite. Anything that has to do with the vacation movies, Chevy Chase, like hilarious. Love those things. Um, yeah, just just stuff that's funny. Uh, TV shows, I tend to, to watch a lot of reality television. Um, so I love things like Big Brother, Survivor, The Challenge. Um, right now, I... Uh, I'm watching the challenge right now on MTV just finished up survivor. Um, my DVR was so full, like with all of like, it said you have five episodes of, Oh, amazing race. I'd finished up amazing race as well. I had so many episodes because I was so behind and I just been watched like everything in order. So now I'm all caught up. Um, but yeah, I love reality television. Now I'm not really into like the desperate housewives. Maybe I would be, I've never sat down and watched them. Um, it might be entertaining, but I tend to do the shows where there are uh, physical challenges because I like to see people work for their money. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never and I never got into any of those shows. I I watched the original run of like the real world back in the, the day. Oh, I love those. Yeah. You know, they whenever a new real world came on, they'd rerun the older, you know, maybe like the first two or three seasons. So I'd watch those. But then like Road Rules, I never got into any of those. Oh, I loved Road Rules. Never, never loved yeah. them. Well, never got into them. The challenge came from those shows. It spawned right. from those shows. And um, I don't know. I just, uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I never got into it. But now I will piggyback off of, I do love the vacation franchise i do love those movies where would you say you rank them quickly out of the first let's just oh go with the gosh. first four Christmas. so you got you got so you got hang on i'm gonna send a name them you got vacation european christmas and vegas i'm pretty sure christmas is number one okay um i, I agree. feel like uh the wally world yeah, yeah. but that's close to christmas though because that one was really good too. I might have to tie those. Yeah, I think Vegas, Vegas might be uh, no European might be last. Vegas might be third. Yeah, um, it's it. That's kind of a toss up. Yeah, I mean they're still funny, but they kind of get to the point of uh, they start changing the kids around. And yeah, <laughs> it gets a little weird. Uh, but the first two, I mean, just classics. Like I can watch it a hundred times over and not be bored. You know, so yeah. funny. Have Love you them. seen the reboot? 
yeah, I think I did, or or parts of it, and I was just like, eh. hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't fix like what's not broken. Don't fix it if it ain't broken, or if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what the the thing is. Yeah, it's it. People, I think it's just the money grab. People are trying to just uh, earn off of classics, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Hot garbage. I'll say it again. <laughs> okay. So bad. Ed Helms. I mean, funny on the office. Yeah. You cannot put that guy in a lead role. He is just, he is not a strong lead actor. Oh, he is, maybe it just was the wrong movie for him. No, he's, he's the side guy. He, we watched a Christmas movie that he was the lead in with yeah. Jennifer Garner as his wife. It's so bad. It's you know, so speak, this, this is just uh speaking of being bad. Um, the backlash that the poor gentleman that played Ric Flair in the Iron Claw guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he made a statement. Did you oh, see? Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah. And he he apologized. Uh, if you don't like my Ric Flair, but he said he did the best that he could. <laughs> I guess he saw everybody's like negative comments because there was not one positive review for this guy. And he just came out and, and stood up for himself and you know, I acted it the best that I could. And I, I don't know. I felt bad for him. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. I don't think it was necessarily that his acting was bad because I liked the way he delivered the dialogue. I think it's just that he looked really bad and he was super skinny. So you he, saw the clip. You saw I saw the, the clip. Movie. Yeah. I, I watched the clip after all the, the chatter was going okay. on about it, but I, I I liked the way they shot it, and I liked the way that the promo was being delivered. I just think that he was poorly constructed and put together by the uh, the well, you know the the design wardrobe. team and yeah the wardrobe yeah. department. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy. I was like, wow. You know, and he didn't sound like you know. But what are they, again? This is the hard part about doing a a, a, a very specific genre film you're going to pick it apart very, very, very stringently. Yeah. The wrestler was so well done that you couldn't pick it apart that much because they weren't using real people. They weren't right. using There's characters no that you wanted. them to. Yeah. Right. It's an original character. Right. So, you know, the only thing they used that was real in the wrestler, I believe, was ROH. They used the backdrop mm -hmm. of ROH. So... You know, you're using characters we know and have gotten to love over the years. That was a great movie, by the way. The Wrestler. The wrestler. Oh, love The Wrestler. That the was a really good movie. Very oh. sad. Yeah. Very yeah. depressing, but very good. So I might have to pull that up again. Did you see that in theaters at the time? No. No? No. I don't see anything in theaters. Well, I didn't know. It was pre-kids, pre you know. No. The... no. Saw it at home. Do you remember the, the chatter? uh at the time about the wrestler was there a lot of talk within the business and in your circles about it yeah i mean people thought it was a great movie but it, a lot of us took a step back and was like you know 10 years from now is that going to be me because <laughs> it doesn't last forever and that's the point of the movie you know one day you're hot and you're 20 something and you're running the territories and you have a full-time gig with a company and you know, you find yourself on top of the world. And I said it so many times, you're a rock star, you're untouchable. And then you lose your job, that things don't go your way. And you go back to the indies. And at first you're making really good money because you're fresh off TV. And then it starts to taper down a little bit. And then you might lose that, you know, uh, hotness that you once had. And then you struggle. You, you try to get bookings. Some of us do really well and some of us don't, you know, and then it's like you say to yourself, is this something I still can do or do I need to go into the real world and get a job? And that's what guys struggle with, because most of these guys for 30, 40, even 50 years of their life, they didn't have a job where they had to report nine to five every day. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it wasn't structured. You make your own schedule when you're a professional wrestler and you're not signed with a company. Um, so it, it's like 
It made you think about your future and what you don't want to happen. Because I will never sit at a table like that and have one guy come up and get my autograph. Like if that ever happened, that tells me I need to stop. I need yeah. to hang it up. In that, my, uh, that's what I think. That scene, you know, I think was grossly exaggerated with that convention in that VFW hall with the no, guy with the, with the no leg. I really? don't. I don't because I've seen places that looked like that. I've seen places that looked like that. I've seen promoters try to make uh, something out of nothing. They they never advertised, and no one shows up. And it's like, well, I put a post on Facebook. <laughs> oh, did you? Wait, great, great advertising there. You know what I mean? And 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 it's just everybody's walking around doing nothing. You know, they got all like uh, the one show that I went to it wasn't even a wrestling con. It was an like an '80s type of con, and it was in Pennsylvania. And I went there, and it was all stars. That was where Gary Busey. Oh. <laughs> came over to my table and was eating a donut and just chomping on this donut and dropping all these crumbs all over my table and my pictures. I wanted to kill them. Um, but they had big 80s stars there. And um, the guy from a League of Their Own, uh, it was no, no, Corbin Burnson. He was in oh, the Major Bowl. League. Major League, yeah. He was walking around like there was nothing, there was nothing going on because nobody was there. And I think I might have sold, I don't know, 10 autographs. There was no one there. Wow. And I said to myself, well, this isn't my fault because number one, like this, this is a, this isn't a wrestling convention. And we were told the guy never promoted it. There was no promotion whatsoever. So everybody was literally just sitting there, just either talking to talent or on their phones. The cops came. They almost arrested Gary Busey. There was a fight. Oh, no, it was a mess. It was a mess. Oh, wow. But no, I've seen conventions that were really bad. And I was told about conventions that I wasn't at that were really, really bad. So like, I, I don't... Like, who do you blame? Do you blame the promoter if there wasn't enough advertising? Or if they did advertise, do you blame the talent for not drawing? You know, it's kind of, it, it's a slippery slope when you get to that point of your career. And it's just like, if you see no one come up to your table anymore, it's pretty much a telltale. Like, you're you're pretty much done. Right. Yeah, that's sad. How about uh, the rumors of who the wrestler was about? You ever hear any? No. I I never heard that, that it was based on one particular person at all. Speculation over the years. Some people said possibly, you know, Roddy Piper was a, a, a basis for the character. Others said maybe Greg Valentine was a uh, an inspiration for the character. But, you well, know. Well, Piper know. would always have a crowd. So that... I, I can't believe it would be based on Piper. Um, and didn't he have a wife? Wasn't well, yeah, but I think more like the attitude of the character. Oh, well, if you look yeah. at it that way, but I mean the, the loneliness and the the desperation of still wanting to be in the spotlight, but being, you know, a 60-something-year-old, I think that's what he was, wasn't he? So he was up there. Um, he was getting that, up there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that I can't contribute to Piper because Piper Piper would draw a crowd if he was 100. Yeah. Everybody wanted Piper's autograph. This guy, you know, it was just sad. He was just trying to hang on to any little bit of glory that he had. And it it really makes you think, you know. Yeah. And I think about that every day. I'm like, man, when I get to that point, that's when I say to myself, I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just hang it up. So I don't think I'm there yet, but I, I think I have a little bit of time left. Those, uh, yeah, those, don't never underestimate those ECW fans. They'll keep everybody oh, alive. Don't no. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, especially this April. So That's right. All right. I, let's go back to the questions here. Uh -huh. We got Samuel Johnson at Samuel37013441 <laughs> to be exact. In your opinion, where did Vince McMahon go wrong with promoting Bam Bam Bigelow? Oh, my God. I couldn't even tell you. Um, 
Stephen New just sent me a text message. Um, so I feel like Bam Bam to me is a main eventer. Bam Bam is a guy that I always thought could do it all. We, we've talked about Bam Bam because I've worked with him very closely for years. For a big guy, he would float across that ring. He never got winded. He was so athletic. And he was a team player. Whatever you needed from him, from what I saw in ECW, he would do. I never saw him complain. I never saw him try and politic. He was just a, a, a team player. He was a guy that you wanted on your squad. Um, the Lawrence Taylor thing is the one that keeps popping in my head. Like everybody says, oh, they did him dirty with Lawrence Taylor. He did business. You know, he went in there. He made him shine. He put him over. He did the right thing. Um, I don't know what happened with him in that company that stopped him from ever reaching that main event championship status. I couldn't tell you. I just know that the Bam Bam that I knew was a lovely soul who worked hard and did anything he could uh, for his company. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you want to read stories or hear stories about why Bam Bam might not have attained some of those main event statuses that you think he should have, just go uh, talk to the guy who runs NXT now. There might be uh, something behind that because it was very documented that the click held Bam Bam back. And I don't know why. I, yeah, I don't know why either because, you know, there's there's a couple things that have been pointed out over time. Obviously, Vince liked Bam Bam because he picked Bam Bam to work with Lawrence Taylor and put him in that main event spot at WrestleMania. He could have picked anybody. He could have picked he could have picked uh, Rick Martel. He could have picked anyone. But they the click singled out Bam Bam for some reason to not want him to be part of the plan, I guess. And they didn't necessarily want to get rid of him, but they didn't want him in that top picture. And Bam Bam, you know, he wasn't a big fan of them either. And he didn't, he did not work out with that group. So he didn't last. There's a lot of stories about the click holding people back. It's just, is it based off of jealousy? You know, it's like uh, keeping the spot for themselves. Um, I don't know, man. All I know is Bam Bam was a pleasure to work with. And even though he broke my pelvis, <laughs> that was a complete accident. Um, but he, he was a delight and he was so good at what he did and I miss him and I love him. And I just feel like, uh, I think Paul made him shine in ECW and I think he deserved that. And he was proud of that. And he was proud to be a part of our locker room. Yeah. So I'm just the fact, when I remember seeing him there, like I you know he jumped in for a cup of coffee here and there, you know, before he he landed back in '97. Mm -hmm. But like when you saw that he was staying as a fan, you're like, wow, <laughs> that's really cool that Bam Bam Bigelow is in ECW. Yeah, he's a great guy. All right, here we go. How about this one? Uh, we have uh, Scott Beckett. Uh, did you enjoy working with Justin Credible and any favorite moments or matches with him? Yeah, I loved working with uh, Justin Credible. I uh, I feel like PJ and I clicked right away. It was a similar connection to what I had with Shane. Um, and working with him, I got to uh, not master, but I got to like really amp up my mic work uh, because Paul let me be his mouthpiece for a lot of segments and uh i feel my character although I, I i still feel like shane and i together were like the the perfect on-screen couple um but i feel like my character grew so much with pj in a sense of me just being more vocal uh being more of like a dominant female on the microphone because I didn't get that with Shane. I never really got to talk. Shane was so good at his craft and so good speaking wise. He never really needed me to talk. P 
PJ was good, but just Paul felt like he needed that little oomph and let me shine on the microphone more so. And um, I really got comfortable because in the beginning, I was petrified of the mic. I was always afraid I was going to mess up and blah, 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 blah. And I just feel like towards the end is where I finally got into my groove. And uh, I cut some really good promos, I feel. Um, but him and I working together was great. Um, he was so over as a heel. And I just feel like putting me with him just added to that uh meaning they just hated us even more and the whole you know you don't have the belt you don't have me kind of thing it kind of worked so yeah i loved working with him he was great and okay. I, as for like a like one of the most memorable matches I, I the one that keeps popping in my head all the time is when we worked to jiri and i think we watched it years ago um it was like a two-on-one more so than just like I had a spot and that was it. Like I was in and out of that ring 42 times. <laughs> it was just such a good match. Um, and I got a lot of accolades for that one. Um, because I just kept trying to help him over and over. And it wasn't just once. It was like three or four times. And then I took the mist and, uh, you know, we went under the ring and I got choked out and I almost went through a table and it was there was so much action in it. It was like a double team on Tajiri and Tajiri was great about it. And that match just always stands out in my head. It was so fun to do. That's a good one. Yeah. We, yeah. Did, we did watch that years ago. We did, yeah. And it was a lot of fun. So. All right. How about this one? Thomas J one, one, eight, three. This is a great one. How about this? Hop hypothetically, if you were forced to leave ECW in the mid to late nineties and had both WWF and WCW offering you similar contracts to jump, jump ship, which company do you think you would have chosen the WWF's attitude era or WCW's NWO era? Well, it would have been the wrong choice, but I would have probably chose WCW. Um, and we all know it would have been the wrong choice because uh, they went under right after we did. Um, but they were throwing money at guys like crazy, like big, big, big amounts of money. Um, my friends were going there. A lot of my friends left ECW to go to WCW. So I would have had a little group already there that I could have hung out with. And I was a huge NWO mark. I loved the NWO. I never was into DX. That wasn't my thing. Uh, DX to me was childish and locker room, uh, teenage locker room humor. Whereas like the NWO was just cool and edgy. And it that got me. And I loved everything that they did until they started doing different factions with the NWO <laughs> that kind of took away from the original concept of it. But man, I, I love them so much and I enjoyed watching it as a fan. So I think I would have went with WCW and I would have lost my job a year later. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. I could see you in the NWO as like the NWO babe, you know, like somebody, uh, yeah. Like what? When Miss Elizabeth went there and she started like getting more physical, I was like, yes, finally, because, you know, don't get me wrong. Elizabeth is a staple in professional wrestling, but she always played the like, oh, my God, like she didn't really do much. She was the beautiful side piece to Randy Savage. Um, she was a great uh, character so to speak, because, you know, she was the one that they were fighting over. She was always the one uh, in, in the middle of the controversy, but she never really bumped and she never really talked. She she didn't do much. And if I get backlash for that, I'm sorry, but it, look, look at her work. Like she, she was always the like, oh my God, poor me kind of damsel in distress. Right. Yeah. When she went with the NWO and started doing stuff, I was just like, that is what I've been waiting for from this woman for years. Because I knew she had it in her, but I guess the powers that be just didn't want her to, to go that route, you know? Right. And as good as she was playing the damsel, 
I thought she shined in the NWO. I loved seeing her more physical. You yeah. know, that would that just made my day. And and it just made me just I loved her before, but I loved her even more when she was in the NWO. Even more when she was when she was with Savage, great. But when she was in the NWO, I thought she shined. And I loved it. She was wearing, you know, like the lower cut outfits and leather and the NWO shirts. I know that, yeah, she wore, I remember she wore like these uh, shiny uh, leatherish pants, black, and she had like a sparkly t-shirt. I was like, she looks so cute. Because you always saw her in dresses. Like you never saw her. And then she would come out with the little NWO shirt. And then she, I, I think like she slapped somebody and then she like jumped on somebody. I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I love this, Miss Elizabeth. Like, this is what I'm waiting for. Because I love when the girls get physical. Yeah. So they, they used her in the beginning of the storyline. They used her as like a huge pawn in the in like the you know mind games aspect of you don't know who's gonna turn next. Like yeah. she was a huge part, but I could see if you went there, they'd use you in like the you know seductress role and they'd put you in like I could see them. I could literally see you with the outsiders. That's where I could see you if you were in the NWO. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a dream because they were like one of my favorite factions. So, um, man, what could have been, but it would have been a disaster again because would WWE or F at the time, whoever they were, would they have bought my contract out? Would I have went over to them? Like, you don't know what could have happened. Yeah. You know, and um, meanwhile, what happened was I just went to the Indies <laughs> and was making a hell of a lot of money that first couple of years back because, uh, you know, again, they, they pay once you're off TV, those Indies snatch you up and they pay you tons of money to come to their shows. And it was great. Interesting. Now, these next two questions will be kind of back to back semi-connected this first one asked any negative interactions with fans during your original ecw run yeah uh, uh, plenty all the fans who touched me punched me kicked me spit on me was a negative interaction and i've discussed those several times uh call me whatever you want i said it so many you, you can call me any name in the book i don't care don't touch us. And for a fan to take liberties and reach over that guardrail and, and think it's okay to grab a woman by the hair or punch her in the face, which I've been sucker punched before, or mm-hmm. lean over and rip my dress off me. That's happened before. You know, who gave you permission to put your hands on me? And why would you want to put your hands on me? I never understood that. It's okay if you hate me. Just keep in mind, I'm playing a character, number one. You know, some of these people think it's real. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing a character. Uh, But if I didn't lean over and punch you or spit on you, why do you have the audacity to to punch me? Right. What gives you the right to touch me? Yeah. Shouldn't. And that's what pissed me off. Like, uh, that's what makes, you know, performing in front of a live crowd not enjoyable stuff like that and when that happened morale goes down you lose time in your match um it just makes you pissed off and you lose your your timing like like you know you just wasted three minutes trying to get somebody kicked out of the building especially if you're on a pay-per-view you only have so many minutes to work and if you go long you you screw somebody else out of their match. So you have to cut your match short. So anytime stuff like that happened, it would piss me off. Like, keep your hands to yourself. And they deserve to be thrown out of the building. Well, I paid a ticket. Well, then don't touch me. Simple as that. That's one of the rules of, of your ticket I mean, purchase. Use your brain. I, that's the one thing I never understood was these guys. And it was guys. Right. 99% of the time I got hit by men, which blew my mind. It's like, really look at me. (laughs) Why? Why are you going to hit me? You know, it wasn't like I did a snot rocket, like 
like Shane would do, like he would do <laughs> snot rocket or take somebody's, yeah, take somebody's shirt or, you know, blow your, I didn't touch these people and I wouldn't touch these people, but for some reason they would touch me and I did not appreciate it and I did not enjoy it. And um, I would call that a bad interaction. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. That was, uh, the question was asked by, uh, at B3ANR, the follow-up underneath it, did any of the, have you ever seen an instance where something happened to yourself or another female performer early in the night and then later on you saw one of the boys enact revenge on the perpetrator as the night went on and they, they found the person that might have hit the girl or hit the other performer and maybe knocked them <laughs> while they're going through the crowd? No, because it, whatever happened was taken care of that minute. Oh, they got ejected and that was that it. Atlas, right there. And usually, like, it, like if, if it was, like, Shane or PJ or somebody with me, they would go and grab the guy, but then Atlas would be, like, right there. So it was taken care of. It, nothing ever waited until later because you're not going to let that guy stay in the building. Right. You're going right. to kick his ass out. So, yeah, nothing was ever put on hold. Everything was just taken care of as soon as possible. Got it. All right. So then the other question is uh, by Anti-IWC. Uh, if Francine is in public, when is the absolute worst time or situation to approach for an autograph or pick? Um, I don't really think there's a bad time to me. Like I know a lot of the, the boys say while we're eating, don't come up to us while we're eating. Um, I guess if, you know, somebody has food in their mouth, that could be a little awkward if you come walking over. I mean, it doesn't happen to me much because I, you know, I don't look like I used to, but when I do get recognized, I enjoy talking with fans. I don't mind it at all. Um, but you know, if there, I guess if there's like a, a situation where it doesn't look like it's the right time, you should use your better judgment. And maybe wait until it is the right time. So. Okay. So not with a, a mouthful of Chipotle. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love, by the way. I've had it like three or four times and now I'm addicted to it. I passed it on your timeline going back to this uh, oh, <laughs> this post. So good. It is so good. I love it. Okay. How about this one? Uh, at Swax1. How come you never went ahead and posed for Playboy when you used to be in ECW? I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't feel like it was something that I wanted to do. Um, no offense to those who did, but it just wasn't for me, you know? And that's, that's the only answer I have. 
so funny that now in the time we are, how that's not like considered a big thing anymore. Mm -mm. Isn't that crazy? How like in the nineties, that was a huge deal. Yeah. Now it's like, meh, meh, what are you going to do? I feel like because so many women have done it. And like, if you know, back in the nineties, I was really comfortable with my body. Obviously (laughs) I didn't mind, you know, wearing the little outfits and stuff. I was okay with it. Um, but I wasn't like a hundred percent willing to show everything. You know what I mean? Um, but a lot of, of the women were, and that's fine. It's like, whatever's good for you is, is good for you. Um, nowadays it seems like, I think, especially with like the internet and everybody being able to make tons of money off of the sex industry, more and more people are like, doing well the the dirty magazines aren't really out there but like the only fans and these other sites that you can just pose nude on and it's more i think it's more accepted today than in the 90s like almost like oh my god playboy's like taboo so to speak like it was a big deal if you posed for playboy but i feel like with everybody showing the goods these days it's not that big of a deal right you know, and you're making more money today than you would have back then anyway. So um, it's like the, the girls that didn't show the goods in the 90s that are on OnlyFans today, they're making so much more money than they would have for a pictorial. Because I don't even think they paid that great. Like you had to be Playboy of the Year to get like right. or, right. um, a $100,000 according to the, the documentary that I saw. So like a regular spread might have been five or 10 G's, which is great money, but it's like, okay, then what do you do? They never use you again. You already showed everything. So, well, just wait it out for a lot of your favorites because it's I'm only wait a matter of time. Like 83. <laughs> oh, there you like, go. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I just, it, it's just something that I never really aspired to do. So. Just like I said, wait it out for some of your favorites, folks, because it's only a matter of time. Like Britney Spears on Instagram. I mean, you, you don't need to subscribe or, or or wait for her to post for anything. Didn't just show on there. What? Didn't she show her boobs or something on Instagram? She just compl- she just always goes out covering, just doing everything. But you know, so weird. She does everything but show it. But I mean, you know, there's. Does she make money by doing? I'm sure she's monetizing her posts oh, in man. some way. Crazy. But uh, <laughs> Liz just finished her book. Yeah, I, I read it in the, on a plane in like said, an hour. Said it's, it's, it's like it's written by a third grader. That's so quick. <laughs> it's so quick, but it's sad. Yeah, like that's what she said too. Sad for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, so. we're big fans of Brit in this house. Yeah, so. I'm too. All right. How about this one? Uh, at Case... Underscore 78, which ECW talent should be the next to go into the WWE Hall of Fame? Wow. Uh, well, I think that's a no-brainer. I think it should be Paul Heyman, and I think it should be in April at WrestleMania in Philly. Um, I think that would be the ideal spot to do it. Um, I feel like he deserves it. I also feel like Todd Gordon should get some kind of accolade, but it'll never, ever happen. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, if I had to pick one person, it, it should be Paul Heyman. That's a good pick. Very curious to see how they do it because, you know, there's, there's a lot of rumors as to how the hall of Fame's going to be constructed. Now that triple H is running it. Yeah. You know, obviously Philly, it's, it's ECW country, but now that Vince isn't around, you know, does Vince get inducted into the Hall of Fame because he's not around? No, I don't think so. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think now's the time to do that. I think Philly should it, it, I, I don't have they announced anyone yet? No, no, no rumors. No, there's yeah. nothing on the table outside of any ECW murmurs. Yeah. Because at first the big the big rumor was that they were going to get like four or five of us, and everybody was saying they're going to induct ECW as a company, and I was just like, really? 
And then that kind of got shot down. And then it was like, oh, they're going to do Paul and they're going to have a bunch of you behind Paul. I was like, mm, uh, okay. And then I heard that got shot down and it was like, just Paul. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. You know, so who knows? I don't know. Um, you can get a call the day before and say, hey, you want to make a payday? Come on down. So uh, I have you no clue. That, that 203 number on your phone is going to come up. Francine, get your uh, get your I little podcast, buddy. Get your I, ass down here to Philly. Oh yeah, like he's going to ask for you. <laughs> what are you insane? No, I remember. I, I remember when he used to work here. Get his ass down here again. He says, "Yeah, right." I doubt that. And uh, I would let that call go to voicemail. By the way, I wouldn't even pick it up. <laughs> he said, "She's definitely going to pick up." Hello. No, <laughs> if I don't know the number, I don't pick it up. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's a follow-up here with uh, Case underscore 78. Also, what is your favorite ECW pay-per-view and why is it Heat Wave 98 and 99? It is not. <laughs> it is not Heat Wave 98 and 99. It will always be barely legal 97 because that is the first pay-per-view we've ever done. And even though the match wasn't as great as it could have been, the build-up and the rah-rah session in the locker room beforehand will always be in my head and in my memory and document it by Barry Blaustein <laughs> for years to come. So, um, yeah, that, that pay-per-view just always stands out to me. It's the first might not be the best, uh, but it was our first effort into that realm. And I'll never forget that night ever. Um, I watch clips of it and I still get chills. It's, something that we never thought we'd achieve and we did it you know and it's a big deal it was a big deal for us so that's why it'll always be my favorite awesome so great uh at pure massacre 89 wants to know who did you have the most fun working with besides shane douglas of course i mean i enjoyed mostly 99 percent of that roster um but again, the triple threat was just so unique. We were so close in and out of the ring. And I think that's what made it like so fun. You're working with like your best friends and especially like Candido. I said it a million times, like working with him was so easy and he brought so much comedy into the match and it just lightened the mood, especially if like, if I'm going out there with Shane for one match, Chris for another match, Bammer for another match, there are so many different aspects and layers to the way that each person works. And with Chris, again, I knew I didn't have to like go crazy memorizing things. I knew he had a million ha-ha spots that we were going to do and that it was just going to be a good time. So... Um, I enjoyed almost everybody, but like Chris just made it hysterical on a different level. It's just easy working with him. Great choice. Uh, how about this one? Scott Casilius, uh, 6062. We know Scott from uh, a couple different uh, posts that he's uh, he's made. He wants to know your top 10 favorite wrestler entrance themes, but we're going <laughs> to narrow it down to top three oh jesus um <laughs> we're gonna edit that top three top three uh geez i i have my top two i i need a third um second favorite was uh raven's entrance music uh come out and play Love that song. Separated. Yeah. That, yeah. That one I always enjoyed walking out to. My favorite ever was PJ's Snap Your Finger, Snap Your Neck. I love that song. That was fun coming out to. Um, I told Shane so many times he would always be like, Are you kidding me? Perfect strangers, I guess, fit, but it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> kills me every time you say it it kills me i didn't uh, yeah like that wasn't my favorite man in the box i hate it walking out to man in the box with dreamer like that song didn't uh, it, it, they're not fun i couldn't like bounce and dance to it 
Like I want something I can get in the ring and I can like groove to. And those, oh, and the worst song, Terry Funk, <laughs> I love you. But Desperado, oh, if I had to walk out the Desperado, that I know that people are saying blasphemy. I just didn't like that song. It's depressing as hell. I, I don't know. But those are my top two. I can't think of a third. I'm trying to think. Can I say the NWO theme for number three? Oh, absolutely. Even yeah. though I didn't walk out to it. <laughs> but I would have loved to. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Scott Hall says, hit that porno music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So that's that's that would be my top three, I guess. But worst one of all time, Desperado. It's a great song, just not a wrestling theme. Desperado, man in a box. Perfect Strangers was good, but it just ah, I don't know. I, I think it fit Shane and I though. I do. But it wasn't that fun though. Hey, if it's not fun for you, you sure you sure fooled me because you sure look great well, coming out to it all the time with him. It wasn't fun to dance to. Shane is not a dancer. He won't dance. Like if if he does, he like does it for like two seconds and that's it. He's like, <laughs> come on. So but he's he doesn't have to dance, he just has to deviously laugh as he's we, walking. We did we did a convention once, and next to us was a Latin uh a Latin dance troupe, and they were giving salsa lessons. And it was like, it didn't have a table. It was like a really big Dan. And I said, oh my God, let's go take the lessons. And he wouldn't do it. So I went over by myself and I took the lessons from the guy. They were right next to us, but he wouldn't even do that. I'm like, just have fun. You know, he's not a dancer. Well, he, they could teach him how to dance and he could teach them how to pantomime, you know, how to kiss his ass, you yeah, know, right? whatever he could say into the camera. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't want to, he doesn't dance. And oh, I love to man. dance. That's funny. All right. Mostly for chicks. If you could bring one wrestler from today back to prime ECW to manage, who would it be? Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. You said that a lot. Said that a million times. Let's he pick somebody been. else. You've, you've, he, he's, he's, he's retired now. Don't pick him. He's not <laughs> retired. He's still here. He's pick somebody like, else. <laughs> oh God. I don't know. I don't know. He'd be my pick. All right, fine. Dolph Ziggler. Mm -hmm. I just think he's like perfect. He's the perfect package. Uh, at Mike, uh, M.A. Butts, Mike Butts. Uh, did <laughs> Mike you ever Butts. fear? Yeah, Mike Butts. Okay. Not Seymour. It's his, it's his brother, Mike. His brother. Okay. Did you ever fear for your own safety working at the arena in South Philly? Again, let's go back to that other question that I answered five minutes ago. Of course I did. Do I have to reiterate what I just said? No. I'm just going through what's left on the <laughs> other Yeah, list. just people hitting you is not a good time. So walking down that aisle, especially when the aisleway was this big, like very, very small. And you had, I, sometimes I literally had to walk sideways to fit through. And then like Atlas would be on each side of me and you would see the hands coming <laughs> <laughs> over atlas underneath and out you know the armpit through the do, arms and them doing this yes <laughs> and thank god for that because they i mean they did their job um but once in a while somebody would get by them and it i was always scared until i got to the end of the aisle and then i had more space to like be free so did you get like groped like did you literally get I like did. Of course, and I is that did. is that an instant turn around and get that guy out of here, Absolutely. or do you, do you not know who did it? Somebody grabs your wife's boob. Are you no, not? No, but do you, like in a crowd like that, do you know who did it, or do you I not? I don't like, know who did it, but sometimes, like if I felt something, I'd try and grab their hand and hold them, and then you know you turn around and you got this guy's hand, and then Atlas would be right there, and I'd be like, get him out. Oh wow! Or did the, does the crowd help you and be like, it was him? Oh, so, yeah. Sometimes they'd stooge him off too. Yeah, for sure. But there were times when I, you know, somebody would touch me. I didn't know where it came from. Damn. Who does that? Like, who would think to do a that? Pervert. <laughs> or a drunk guy. Maybe he drank too much. Because, you know, I was usually towards the end of the show. I mean, right. uh, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but main event. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, things happen. You know, you put alcohol out there and guys get a little rowdy. 
no, I'm not justifying it, but it, it did happen. And uh, they get knocked on their ass for it. <laughs> they you set them up and knock them down. Uh, <laughs> we'll do two more here. Very yeah. odd question for this guy to ask this, but Pope John Paul III. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Wants to know, have you ever been interviewed about the ECW catfights? <laughs> about a hundred times. <laughs> Hello. He would want to know about that. Pope John Paul. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, what does he want to know about them? That's a vague question. Just wants to know if you've ever been interviewed specifically about them. Uh, people have asked questions. How are, you know, how are they? How was it doing, performing, you know, doing them? And uh, I say some were better than others. Most were scripted. Couple were shoot. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And I guess this last one would be more about the story that uh, Todd Gordon told us on the air and it's in his book. So I'm going to kind of, I'll ask this question, but I'll also kind of rephrase it to kind of fit uh, maybe something that you're familiar with. But the question is by Jason Fields at jfields85. I want to know about the Sandman story about hiding cocaine around the famous ECW Econo Lodge back in the day. So obviously I believe he's talking about the story that Todd Gordon told in the book. Where yeah, was I wasn't about, there. Yeah, he, he hid it underneath the, the pot and found that flower pot found it that had hit it underneath the carpet. Let's rephrase that to, do you remember any kind of crazy stories involving wrestlers, maybe hiding things in places that were odd and, you know, might've been similar to this Sandman story? No, I don't. And that's why it popped to like so huge when <laughs> I heard that story. Cause I'd never, never heard that story in the last 30 years of my life, I've never heard that story. So that's pretty funny. Um, I, I, the only thing I can remember, like, especially about the travel lodge, uh, when I used to stay there in the beginning, um, I just remember like, sometimes there was blood on the walls. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was like the, one of the most disgusting hotels ever, but it was so cheap and that's where <laughs> everybody stayed. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure there was like chalk outlines of, of bodies on the, on the carpet. Like it was bad stains everywhere, stains all over the bed, like just disgusting. And, and I, I'm very grateful, uh, for Shane to get me out of there and, and tell me I need to stay at the Marriott because <laughs> that place was as fun as it was, it was just a cesspool of every disease you can imagine. <laughs> it's so gross. So, but uh, as far as hiding drugs, I wasn't, I was friends with the drug addicts, but I wasn't in the drug scene. So while they were partaking after hours, I really wasn't hanging with them. Right. So I'm not privy to these stories. A lot of these stories about finding cocaine and, uh, you know, smoking pot and all that stuff. I didn't do it. It's a great story, though. If you oh, haven't it's a, read it's a, Todd Gordon's book, that's a classic story. And if you, again, if you haven't read it, go get Todd is God because it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really there for that, but I could totally see it happening. And it's also on our YouTube uh, live with Todd Gordon. He, yes, he tells it he as well. It. Yeah. But go Forget the book. Go watch yeah. YouTube. <laughs> just more detail in the book. But, I mean, just see the, the image of Sandman running down the hall with the guys rooting him on and him picking yeah. up the flower pot. and Hilarious. Crazy stuff. But uh, yeah. that is it for the questions. They were some good ones. I'm glad we went back and, uh, and uh, looked into those because it got me this morning. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure they left them on YouTube as well. So, good find. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll do this again down the road mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll switch up the questions a little bit. So we know who you'll manage if you go back and pull somebody from the future and go to ECW. We know oh, who. Future. Yeah, you take somebody <laughs> from the future. Go back. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're coming from today. Which is the future. Yeah, going back. Uh, you know, so we'll switch up the questions a little bit next time if you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Well. If you uh, want to follow me in the uh, social media realm, it's at Chad EMB on Twitter, 
at IB Exclusives on Instagram. And my website is IBExclusives.com. Um, if you have not yet, please go over to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can type in eyes up here and um, subscribe, leave a like, leave a comment, um, help us get to 10,000 subscribers. Almost there. Slowly but surely, we are climbing the ladder and uh, I want to reach 10K. So uh, if you haven't already, subscribe. And, and if you want extra content, you could become a channel member for $5.99, but you don't have to do that. Just subscribe, ring that bell so you get the notifications. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me across the board at ECW Diva Francine. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying healthy. And most of all, I hope you're staying extreme. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash this episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.